Rocky Road Cycling. If road cycling is your new hobby and you want to be better informed to get more out of it, then this is the place for you. I'm Lexi Rose and thanks for joining me. In this episode, we're going to be talking about safety and insurance. So first of all, helmets. I feel like I can actually cover this one really quickly. So definitely wear one always. Like, why wouldn't you? Um, most events, probably all races and most clubs insist that you must wear a helmet to take part and that makes perfect sense. So you should also wear one when cycling solo. I think of it like wearing a seatbelt in a car. It's just a habit. I don't forget to wear a seatbelt. I don't question wearing a seatbelt and the same with wearing a helmet. In all the thousands upon thousands of miles I've driven, I'd say I've possibly just a handful of times I've actually needed my seatbelt. Same with wearing a helmet. I've fallen off my bike a small handful of times, only really once at any sort of speed. And and it's not that it saved my life, but it saved me from banging my skull on the concrete or tarmac. And head injuries are definitely best avoided. And helmets are cool now. Gone are the days of the big bowl-shaped helmets that, yeah, agreed, they generally didn't do any favours for anyone. But newer and more techie, like modern styles, look good and they're really lightweight and comfortable to wear. And Cask, so that's K-A-S-K, is a popular brand that I see a lot, particularly amongst club cyclists. Um, that's the brand that I have too, in fact. They're quite expensive, but there is a whole range out there to suit all budgets but it is worth spending a little bit to get something light, comfortable and easily adjustable. Uh, A lot of helmets have like a little circular dial on the back that you simply turn one way to tighten and turn the other way to loosen. And these are great. Um, And most helmets also have either removable or adjustable Velcro pads inside so that you can get a good fit to your head. Um, and, and helmets come in different sizes. For example, my helmet is a medium size, which fits a head circumference of 52 to 58 centimetres. So small, medium, large will fit the vast majority of people. It needs to be a comfortable but snug fit, so you shouldn't be able to move it on your head when it's properly adjusted. You sometimes see people with their helmets too far back, Um, It needs to sit fairly low on the forehead. I always wear glasses when I'm cycling and I usually have no more than a centimetre between the top of the glasses and the bottom of the hat. Technically speaking, cycling helmets should be made in accordance with certain safety standards and testing criteria. The specific standard that almost all helmets in the UK are manufactured in accordance with is um, BSEN 1078 uh, or British Standard European Norm 1078. So road safety. I'm I'm not going to talk about how to cycle safely on the roads, but I just wanted to cover a couple of points on things that I, I come across. So I cycle in London quite a lot, albeit not in the typical pre-COVID rush hour, but I would say I almost never feel unsafe. And I think I've got to this point through experience of riding on the roads, Uh, And actually experience that comes from being a motorist too and just reading situations and anticipating stuff. It actually takes quite a bit of concentration, but I do get a buzz from city cycling from time to time and I do enjoy it. Um, Sure, you get idiots like idiot motorists, but they exist everywhere. 
the roads in London, I guess, are busier, but I often think that that means that people are just more watchful of what's going on. So many cyclists, motorbikes, cars, lorries, vans, buses. Um, I actually find London buses are really good. I've never had a problem with a bus at all. Uh, I guess the drivers are just always good at looking and checking and indicating and they just go at their own steady pace. They're not steaming along trying to get somewhere really quickly and buses just don't seem to be risk takers like everyone else. So I think a lot of it is just about getting good at reading situations and at anticipating stuff and using hand signals and being able to look over your right shoulder and to do that while still cycling straight forwards. Uh, An important skill. Uh, When I'm coming up to a turn or a junction or something, I almost always look over my shoulder. Um, I just want to know what's behind me. And I think it's a real heads up to whoever or whatever is behind you that, right, I'm about to do something. So also, uh, stopping at red lights. I mean, you should do it, right? Uh, Really, the only time I wouldn't is if there is basically nothing around and it's only a crossing or a minor junction. Um, Some of the very early rides that I've done, sort of 6am-ish, you sometimes get a red light and there is literally nothing around, so I may skip through that. But when you have traffic or it's a big junction, I'd, I'd never really skip a red. And one thing, one other thing that I hate and I just don't understand, why do cars, and we're generally talking about the idiots here again, why do they try so desperately to overtake you, usually upsetting people on the other side of the road as they do so, to come past, usually doing about 30 or 40 miles per hour in second gear, and then slam the brakes on to turn left almost right in front of you. It's stupid and it's dangerous, and they're saving themselves probably about one to two seconds. So it's annoying, but I find it happens quite a lot. So so watch out for that. Final thing, and this applies when you're riding with others. So the highway code does allow you to ride two abreast, um, but irritatingly, a lot of motorists don't know that. So yeah, I've had a lot of abuse for this over the years. Windows wound down and then everyone shouting and demanding that everyone else read the highway code, um, obviously along with other unpleasantness. So right, so what does the highway code say? Well, rule 66 states that you shouldn't ride more than two abreast and you should ride in single file on narrow roads on busy roads and riding round bends. But of course, what people would call narrow or busy is going to vary. So it's a bit of a grey area, really. Okay, so insurance. To start with saying it's not a legal requirement, but it could be a good idea. So let's look first at British cycling and what they offer. Uh, There's actually some good information on the British cycling website that gives a short overview of the different types of insurance. But firstly to say, I'm aware that not everyone listening lives in Britain. In fact, I've just been checking up on the latest international downloads and we now have listeners from, I think, Canada has been added to the list, India, Norway, Singapore, Brazil, Mexico, Turkey and Ireland. Uh, I love that. Very cool. Thank you. Well, thank you all listeners, um, home and abroad. 
Anyway, so I will refer a few times to British cycling, but it's worth checking what your own country's equivalent is, or if things are done on maybe a regional basis, or if insurance is offered with your club. So there are a few different types of membership that you can get with British cycling, and the three main ones are race, ride and commute. All of them include some degree of liability insurance and legal support and also offer special rates on specialist bike insurance that will then go on to include elements such as theft, accidental damage and so on. Um, But there are many providers. Some of the main other ones include Yellow Jersey, Cycle Guard and Pedalshaw. Personally, I cycled for quite a while without insurance. Um, I then got insurance with my British Cycling membership and more recently I took out insurance that covers me for accidental damage and includes a couple of other things. Uh, And that was really prompted by the fact that I was taking my bike abroad for the first time and I was just worried that something might happen to it and it was my best bike and should I have to replace it, well, it would be a lot of money. Now, without wishing to overwhelm you and overcomplicate things, it's just worth being aware of the different types of cycling insurance out there and that they cover you for different things. So there's bicycle theft insurance, there's accidental damage insurance, cycling event insurance, cycling travel insurance, also personal accident insurance and third party cycle insurance. I just want to set out the options and give a brief overview so you can make an informed decision. As I said, I started without insurance and then I got to the point where I decided it would be a good idea to be covered. And that was as my activities changed, my cycling became more frequent and my bike value started to increase. So some of you may have the option to insure your bike under your house contents insurance. You can pay extra for items such as laptops, bikes and so on to be insured but the level of cover can vary. For example, most standard cover will only pay out if your bike is stolen from a locked garage or shed, so you would need to add an away from home or something to your policy. Um, And it may only cover you for up to, say, £500, uh, which for many of us wouldn't feel like enough when it comes to replacing your bike. And as soon as you want to cover more expensive bikes, then it may not make sense to do it under your home insurance. And just to add, so there are options for tenants and renters, but as with all home house accommodation policies, you just need to be sure of the detail. Now, whilst most people are most concerned about theft, it's actually accidental damage that makes up most claims. It can cover everything from replacing a whole bike to individual components and can even sometimes include GPS devices. Now, there's also event or racing insurance. So this can cover you for damage to you, to your bike, to others, to other bikes, as well as things like your entry fees and other stuff associated with events and racing. Now, cycling travel insurance. So a non-specialist type of travel insurance may cover you if you do some cycling abroad, but it's unlikely to cover you if it's a cycling specific holiday. So again, you need to check. Um, And also, if you're travelling with your bike and it's damaged, you would need to be covered for that. Now, personal accident insurance. For if you're badly injured while you're riding your bike and you need financial assistance, uh, that may be in the form of covering the cost of medical bills or a lump sum payout if you have to have time off work, something else to think about. 
and then third party cycle insurance. So that's obviously if you have a collision and you injure someone else, third party insurance will cover you for damage to others and their property, but also cover you for your legal costs. You should also check for items that would make your claim invalid. For example, a claim for theft may require that your bike was secured with a particular grade of lock. Uh, For example, the most common grades of lock are referred to as sold secure bronze or silver or gold. And likewise, a claim for a personal accident may require that you're wearing a helmet. So something else to, to think about. It's also worth checking policies that are specific to multiple bikes, um, as many will offer a good discount on a second bike. Also, um, some policies may cover an immediate family member who is using your bike, but not necessarily, you know, your Uncle Bob uh, and probably not your mate Dave from work. So all that said, whilst most people use their home insurance to cover their bike, If you are a cyclist and cycle regularly, then it may be worth you getting specialist insurance that can cover you at least to a basic level for those items we've just talked about. Now, British Cycling covers members for claims of up to £15 million. I mean, I can't immediately think of a scenario where that sort of cost would be involved. Crikey. Also worth noting that cover is for members who are normally resident in the UK, but cover is provided on a worldwide basis, but with particular restrictions for the USA and Canada. Also, if you have British cycling insurance, then you get a discount with a company called Bikemo, or Bikmo, I don't know, B-I-K-M-O. This is what I have. I got it just before I took my bike to Spain. Um, A sudden realisation that the number of things that could go wrong was going to multiply above and beyond what I was used to and I needed insurance. Bikemo can cover you for just about anything. Their list includes damage, theft, clothing, your helmet, travel, events, emergency bike hire, bike box cover and covers your Uncle Bob and your mate Dave. So, yeah, I know all this may sound a bit complicated and like a hassle to figure it all out and what you need, but it's worth just putting in that hassle briefly now rather than when you're caught up in a tricky situation and have no idea what you're covered against. As I said, for me, I have my British Cycling Membership Insurance and I have specialist insurance that covers me for additional things like accidental damage. And for me, that feels like the right thing. And finally, it's a good idea to register your bike so that should it be stolen, you may be reunited with it. You can register it on a database such as bikeregister.com and record also, or better, photograph the frame number of your bike, which can usually be found under the bottom bracket. Um, You never know when this may come in handy. Also, if you're buying a bike secondhand, you can check this database just to ensure that it isn't stolen. I just want to quickly mention my bikes. So I have three actually at the moment and I expect I'll be mentioning them from time to time in the podcast. So I've started a meet the team page on the website where you can see Ray and Helly and Lebron. So my bikes all have names. To me that feels just like the normal thing to do. Uh, I'm really fond of my bikes so I just want them to have names. 
And one other thing I just wanted to pick up on, uh, just going back a couple of weeks, I talked a lot in the brands and buying episode about upgrading your bike. Obviously, that isn't a requirement. If you get a decent bike to start, then it may serve you for many years and you may only need or want one bike. I just have a bit of a bad habit with it and I'm often switching my bikes around, but you definitely don't need to be doing that. And I also feel just like I need to acknowledge the fact that the Tour de France has started. Uh, It started the Saturday just gone, the 29th of August, and it runs until Sunday the 20th of September. I don't tend to follow it that much, although I'm not really sure why. Um, I might get into it one day, but you know how it is. There are some sports you just like to watch, some sports you like to watch and like to do, and some sports you like just to do. But anyway, we'll see. I think I'm fairly open-minded to new things and I will see if it captures my interest this year. Okay, final thing, slightly off topic, but I just wanted to remind you of our values at Rookie Road Cycling and Cyclebean. So they are inclusion, empathy, independence, enjoyment and well-being. And whilst I'm not drilling them home every single podcast, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you and hope that you're seeing these values come out in at least some of what I'm saying. Not so much after today's topic, it's a bit of a heavy one, I know, but just generally over the eight podcasts we've had this month. I hope you see some of that. Also, if you have any thoughts or feedback or comments, then it would be great to hear from you. So in summary, I'll keep this very short and sweet. Wear a helmet stay smart and stay safe on the roads and get some insurance if you think you may need it. A good place to start for that is the British Cycling or equivalent website, but there are plenty of providers so you can shop around if you want to. And the main kinds of insurance that you may want to consider are theft, accidental damage, event, travel, personal accident and third party. Well, that is it for this episode. Don't forget to tune in on Friday and that's going to be the first Friday of September. So it will be an overview of all the content we're going to cover in the month of September. So thanks for listening. Hope you've got something to take away. Don't forget to tell people, share our love for cycling. Please follow us on Facebook and Instagram. And you can also find us on LinkedIn and of course the website cyclebean.cc. Stay safe, rookie roadies. See you next time.